Hey everyone, welcome to uh, Hope for Our Time Sunday night. Sorry if I seem distracted. I'm reading your comments. Just so you know, I see there's a conversation about where the red heifers are in, um, in uh, uh, the Bible. It's Numbers chapter 19. So uh, y'all can look that up later after we're done here. Um, also, I see a few other comments on here. Thank you, Lisa D., for reminding everybody. So tomorrow on the program, John Haller's going to be my live guest. And Tuesday, Lee Brainerd's going to be my live guest. And let me tell you, things are rocking and rolling. We're going to get in there, uh, get over there in just a minute. And then a couple more things. One, if you haven't downloaded the app yet, I highly encourage you to download the app um, because things are getting weird. And uh, we, have, we have things on the app. Everyth everything's there on the app uh, that you need. We have events. We have our upcoming Israel trip. We have another, a couple more Israel trips coming up, Lord willing. Uh, we're looking at Russia and Ukraine which we're going to get into a little bit later tonight. I'll explain that in a few minutes. Um, and with John Holler tomorrow, we're definitely going to be going that direction. Uh, but very, very interesting dynamics keep taking place. So we're moving forward because we're supposed to move forward until Jesus comes. So, uh, yeah, download the app. It's free to download the app. You get all of our videos, the daily news updates, as long as I remember to post them. Um, uh, along with other articles from some of our colleagues and friends, uh, amongst the many other things that we uh, managed to post. So they're all available on the app, and it's right there on your phone. And um, okay, oh, one more thing, it's this. So I am speaking at the Don Perkins Conference. You can see that October 16, 17, 18 begins next Sunday night. So these are all in the evening, 6 p.m., uh, California time in San Diego. You can go to hopeforourtimes.com to register. You can also go to the app, which is actually easier. So if you're going to be in San Diego, it's Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night of next week. Not during the day. You don't have to worry about work or any of those things. Uh, but each evening, I'll be uh, speaking there at a Don Perkins conference. I hope that y'all, uh, whoever's in San Diego, can join us. Okay, I think that's it, and I think I want to get going. I want to welcome people that are watching here on YouTube, on the app, on Roku, and also on Apple TV. Okay, we are continuing in uh, the minor prophets. There's a lot of minor prophets. There's 12 different minor prophets. So as we're continuing, we're going on with our next book. And uh, the title of tonight's message is, These Are Some Bad People. We're going to see some, there, there's a lot of bad people out there right now. Uh, but what are we going to be looking at tonight? You're going to find that out in just a minute. But let's deal with the obvious first. Putin decries active terrorism on Crimean Bridge, identifies Ukraine secret services as culprits. Uh, so, you know, last week we're dealing with the, the Nord Stream 2 or the week before, and then now we're dealing with the Crimean Bridge. I'm sure many of you have already seen that. It was blown up, and it's the main supply route. It's the supply route going from Russia over to Crimea. And getting it also gets uh, the things that are necessary uh, over to Ukraine, and it gets everything that is necessary over to Ukraine for the troops. So, uh, from uh, Putin. So you look at that, going, man, what uh, what is that all about? You're talking about all different supplies that the troops need. So essentially, the troops have been cut off because that bridge has been blown up. So uh, we live in interesting times. We still have the submarine that is out there in one of the oceans somewhere. Uh, it is swimming rather stealthily, 
and uh, it's going to pop up somewhere. I was on uh, his channel the other night with Dennis Swick, and he gave some very interesting facts on the submarine, and he said it wouldn't surprise him if all of a sudden it just pops up in Cuba, uh, but we will see what happens. So very, very interesting days. Uh, then there's this. Biden's options to counter OPEC plus are limited. Look what it says here. Despite re uh, repeated requests from the Biden administration not to cut oil production, OPEC plus went ahead and did just that. The geopolitical rationale behind OPEC plus move uh, might be more worrying than the output cut itself. Besides uh, suspending deliveries of weapons to Saudi Arabia, there's little that the U.S. can do to raise the pressure on the kingdom. Then it continues, this week, OPEC Plus made a decision unprecedented in its history and the history of OPEC. The extended cartel approved, uh, uh, approved production cuts of 2 million uh, barrels per day at a time of steady demand, tight supply, and runaway inflation in the world's biggest economies. More significantly, perhaps, OPEC Plus made this decision despite Washington's numerous attempts to change the mind of the cartel leaders, notably Saudi Arabia and the UAE. In short, OPEC Plus bluntly demonstrated it can do whatever it feels it needs to do to protect its own interest, even if this means going against the interests of its traditional allies, including its biggest one, the United States of America. So we are watching the dynamics of what's going on in the Joe Biden administration. It's, a, it's changing the uh, geopolitical uh, shape of the entire globe, so much so this out of the UK, intolerant, Stuck in his ways, old man. Major UK newspaper slams useless and nasty Biden. Uh, that's the reality of it. Europe is fed up with him. They're wondering what in the world was really going on with Nord Stream 2. And we're watching the dynamics of what's going on with Putin. Here, here's the reality of it. Like Trump or hate Trump, if Trump was president, we wouldn't be in the situation that we are in right now. Remember, it's this, this uh, intolerant, stuck-in-his-ways old man, a useless and nasty Biden, as this UK newspaper calls him, that said, that warned, if uh, Trump gets elected president, we're going to be in a nuclear war. Well, guess what? Look where we are now. Thanks, Joe. Uh, and then we have, of course, the Hunter Biden situation and all these other things. Listen, here's the reality of it. There's some very bad people they are leading in various parts of the world, uh, whether it be school districts, uh, courts, it, uh, uh, local politics, politics in Washington, politics over in Europe, uh, Vladimir Putin, Xi Jinping over in China. It, the reality of it is when you look at the history of the world, the world has had very, very, very few good leaders. And now it appears we just have all bad leaders, but it's affecting every part of society where there are some uh, very um, bad people that are leading things. I mean, look at this. Look at this article. Babies know they're trans once born. Harvard-affiliated hospital. Psychologists at Boston Children's Hospital claim many kids know their gender seemingly from the womb. This is absolute insanity. These are people who are leading in colleges. This is a Harvard-affiliated hospital. These people are completely nuts. This is wicked, and this is the direction we are going. I, how can somebody actually think this unless they're inspired by the devil himself? And then, of course, there's Governor Newsom from California. Uh, this is from Harbinger's Daily. Uh, John MacArthur called him out. So Newsom is the guy 
who unfortunately is the governor in the state where I live, and uh, he's the guy who, who put the billboards in red states here in America saying, hey, uh, if you're gonna have a baby, come over to California, we'll make sure that we will kill your baby. Advertising, killing your baby, and of course, he uh, used the Bible, uh, half-quoted verse from Jesus, uh, saying this, is, this constitutes loving your uh, enemies. And then John MacArthur called him out, and MacArthur highlighted Newsom's unbiblical worldview in a letter, a public letter that went to Newsom and called him to a place of repentance. Whether or not Newsom will repent, I don't know. It's very similar to the place that we're going to be here in just a minute as we continue with the minor prophets. Will uh, people repent no matter how wicked they are? Uh, speaking of wicked people, this is good old uh, Bill Gates. From LifeSite News, Gates Foundation gives $200 million to help establish global digital ID system of surveillance. One commentator explained that uh, of all the other means of identifying and tracking subjects, digital identity poses perhaps the gravest technological threat to individual liberty yet conceived. Yes, it does. But of course, we have Bill Gates, who loves us all so much, who wants to make sure that we're all taken care of. And of course, if we're properly digitally tracked, then everything is going to be wonderful. Yeah, that's what, that's Revelation chapter 13, uh, the tracking of the mark of the beast. You better believe it. So uh, there's some bad people eating everything. Okay, we're not done yet. Look at this one. Talk about bad people. Look at the picture of these two guys. Recognize them? Of course you recognize them. So there they are. Look at what the article title is. Uh, the Calling of Humanity. I, I can't read this article right now. I'll get to it later. I'll tell you about that in a few more minutes. The culling of humanity is about to accelerate, taking many children and young adults as the doctors, politicians, and preachers remain silent. So listen to some of the quotes from Yuval Harari. He's the guy with the, the dark hair there. You got, has that evil look looking down on you. That's Yuval Noah Harari. Um, just some of his quotes. History began when humans invented gods and will end when humans become gods. So there you go. Remember in the Garden of Eden, just think of this. Garden of Eden, what, what, is, what does the serpent say to Eve? Essentially, the same thing that Yuval Noah Harari is saying. Uh, he says, did God really say that to you, Eve? Don't eat of that fruit. For in the day you eat it, you will surely die. Listen, Eve, uh, you're, gonna, you're not going to die, which is part of the comments that Yuval Harari is saying, you can be gods. Uh, you're not going to die. The serpent says to Eve, in the day that you eat of it, he knows that you will be like him. You'll be God. He doesn't want you to be that way. That's why he doesn't want you to eat of the fruit. Yuval Noah Harari comes along and says, eh, humans invented gods and will end when humans become gods. Same promise of the serpent in the Garden of Eden. He said the resurrection of Jesus is fake news. He said humans are now hackable animals, no longer subject to the intelligent design of some fictional god above the clouds, but our intelligent design. Now listen to this. He goes on to state that the idea of humans having free will is over. Today, we have the technology to hack human beings on a massive scale. The idea of free will is over. I want you to think of this. This just shows you that God has given us free will. When you have somebody like this who comes along and says, those days are over. Um, in Revelation chapter 14, after a person receives the mark of the beast, guess what? They have no chance of 
reversing their decision. Once they've made that decision to worship the, mark, uh, worship the beast and his image and receive his mark, there's no reversing it. In fact, the Bible tells us that there's no possibility of repentance. They're doomed forever, Revelation chapter 14. So when you look at this with what these guys are saying, humans are hackable uh, people, hackable creatures, and the day of free will is over. It's over. It's done. Free will is not good. When a person receives the mark of the beast, free will is over. Isn't that rather interesting? Kind of makes me think that something is involved in the technology of worship of the mark of the beast that causes Revelation chapter 14 to be fulfilled. By the way, in Revelation chapter 16, for those who receive the mark, they break out with gross sores all over their body. Huh. Quite interesting. Uh, humans are now hackable animals, no longer subject to the intelligent design of some fictional God above the clouds, but our intelligent design. Then he says this, I think I can get away with this. If, if I get cut off here, just go over to that. People could look back in 100 years and identify the coronavirus epidemic as the moment when a new regime of surveillance took over, especially, get this, surveillance under the skin. All right, so I don't know if YouTube's gonna cut that off, but I'm just quoting Yuval Harari. He's the one who said it. <laughs> By hacking organisms, he said, elites may gain the power to re-engineer the future of life itself, because once you can hack something, you can usually also engineer it. Soon, he says, some corporations and governments will be able to systematically hack all the people. And if they succeed in hacking life, he describes it as the, here it is, quote, greatest revolution in biology since the beginning of life four billion years ago. Four billion years ago, or uh, for four billion years, nothing fundamental changed. This is his, I'm just quoting him. Science is replacing evolution by natural selection with evolution by intelligent design. Now get this, not the intelligent design of some God above the clouds, but our intelligent design and the intelligent design of our clouds, the IBM cloud and the Microsoft cloud. These are the new driving forces of evolution. I mean, our intelligent design. You talk about uh, saying, you talk about blasphemy and the IBM cloud? In the Microsoft cloud, not some god above the clouds? Wow. Once human life is hacked, the hackers will maintain control over life itself, a process that has been accelerated by the pandemic. This is his quote, YouTube fact checkers. You want to censor me? After all, Harari said, it's often said that you should never let a good crisis go to waste. End quote. You look at these things, you go, this is truly... Uh, an amazing thing to hear what these people are saying. And, and, and so I'm gonna throw this question out to you. You hear something like this, a guy like Yuval Harari or all these other people, I mean, there's some very, very wicked people that are leading things in this world right now. I already mentioned from school boards to courtrooms to colleges to the World Economic Forum to Washington, D.C., the U.N., uh, right on down the list. When do you stop praying for your leaders? right? We're supposed to pray for our leaders. Is there a time where the Bible tells us you no longer have to pray for them? <laughs> there is. And I'm going to get there. Uh, by the time we get through then, I'm going to show you where that is because the Bible actually does uh, take us to that place. Uh, not where we are tonight, but I'm going to show you before we get to then that the Bible does indeed teach us that. So uh, that there comes a time when 
God says, no, it's over. Don't pray for them anymore. So we'll be there in a few minutes. But first of all, let's set this up. So uh, the title of this message, you've already seen it, is These Are Some Bad People, Very Bad People. We're starting the uh, book of Jonah. Jonah is a small book, and I know what many of you are thinking, Jonah, a fish story. I already know that. I've heard that fish story a million times. Jonah gets swallowed by a big whale. Well, number one, it's not a whale. Uh, but I've heard it a million times. I want to hear something. Listen, you're going to be rocked. Uh, but we're going to go through this. And uh, we're going to visit a place uh, called Joppa. Here's a picture. Uh, many of you recognize this picture. This is Randall Price. Uh, he was doing a tour with Liberty University. He's standing in the uh, place of Simon the Tanner. You know, Simon the Tanner from the book of Acts. Uh, Acts chapter 10 when... I think it's Acts chapter 10 when uh, uh, Simon Peter goes to Simon the Tanner's house there in uh, Joppa. Now, that's not the real Simon the Tanner's house, but it's a great place for photo ops. It's also, and it's a really old building, but not old enough to be the original uh, Simon the Tanner's house. Great place for photo ops, and, um, and it's a tourist attraction. Here's another picture from Joppa. This is uh, Napoleon Bonaparte. He's wearing a mask there. I took this when I was there in April, that picture. Um, hopefully when I go back, they'll get rid of the mask from him. But um, uh, Napoleon was, uh, he had a lot of history there over in the area of Israel, and specifically even in Joppa. Joppa is a pretty cool city. You see these neat little cafes like this one on the screen. Uh, that's one of my pictures. Here's another picture I took as we were walking through uh, one of the, j just one of the city streets. Here's another cool looking picture with this vine hanging down and stuff. Very, very, one of my favorite old cities that I've ever been to uh, in the whole world. But it's this city that we have that Jonah's trouble begins. Uh, so let's just go through this and then we're going to start connecting the dots. We're going to get some history. I hope you like history. We're going to get some facts and we're going to connect to things today, and I am going to get to the point of showing you that the Bible actually tells us not to pray uh, for our leaders. We get to that point. Are we there yet? We're going to look at it. So now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, verse 1, the son of Amittai, Jonah chapter 1, verse 1, saying, so knows who's the son of, he's the son of Amittai. Why is this a big deal? Let me show you that too. Uh, Arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. I mean, trying to run from God. I'm going to get away from God. I'm going to go to this, this place called Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Uh, he went down to Joppa. So that's the city. I just showed you those pictures. Uh, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and he went down into it. Whenever you're running from the Lord, you will pay the fare. You're going to pay a price. And notice he's going down. He goes down into it. He, he found what he wanted to get away, what he thought was getting away from the Lord. Now, what it really was, uh, was to get away from the Lord's will for him. He wasn't going to be obedient. He didn't like what he was being called to do. He's called. He's got to go to some very bad people. and He doesn't want to do it. Okay, so he goes down into it, which happens when you're running from the will of the Lord. You pay the fare. It's going to cost you um, to, to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship was about to be broken up. So we can picture this boat out there. Man, things aren't going good. The Lord sent it. I'm going to stop you, Jonah. You run from me, you will pay the price. And then the mariners were afraid. So these are professional mariners. They were afraid. And every man cried out to his God. 
No, it's not God of heaven, but his God, little g. And they threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten the load. But Jonah had gone down into the lowest parts of the ship and lain down, and he was fast asleep. This is great. They're all freaking out. We're all going to die. They're praying to their own gods, little g's, their idols. It ain't working. Nothing stopping. So they throw everything off the boat. What do they find Jonah doing? He's sleeping. Everybody else thinks we're going to die. Here's Jonah sleeping. Uh, verse 6, so the captain came to him. And he said, he said to him, what do you mean, oh sleeper? Isn't that great? What are you, you're sleeping, you moron. Wake up, arise. Says this, arise, call on your God. Perhaps your God will consider us so that we may not perish. And they said to one another, come, uh, let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this trouble has come upon us. Uh, they knew, okay, if somebody on this boat has caused this trouble because we shouldn't have had any storm. We looked up at the sky, everything was looking good. We get on the boat, somebody on this boat has caused this trouble. So they cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. And they said to him, please tell us for whose cause is this trouble upon us? Now, what is your occupation? Where do you come from? What's your country? Of what people are you? All right, it's you. What in the world is your story? Tell us your story. So he said to them, I'm a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. I'm a Jew. God is the God of all things, and uh, I think it's my fault. Okay, let's just read a little bit more, then we're going to get into this. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, why have you done this? Uh, for the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he told them. Then they said to him, What shall we do to you that the sea may be calm for us? For the sea was growing more tempestuous. And they said, uh, they, they said to them, Pick me up. He said to them, Pick me up and throw me into the sea. And then the sea will become calm for you. For I know that this great tempest is because of me. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to return to land, but they could not. For the sea continued to grow more tempestuous against them. Therefore, they cried out to the Lord and they said, We pray, O Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life and do not charge us with innocent blood. For you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. They're already starting to recognize, okay, your God is a lot bigger than our little gods. So they picked up Jonah, they threw him into the sea and the sea ceased from its raging. Man, that must have been quite a powerful statement to, to all these guys, that uh, the, these mariners that are on this ship. You know, they know what they're doing. They're professionals. Throw them in, and all of a sudden it's calm. Wow. Then they feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice to the Lord, and they took vows. I bet they did. Okay, what's the problem that Jonah had? Here's his problem. He's told in chapter 1, I want you to go to Nineveh. Well, Jonah knew there was some really, really bad stuff with uh, the people of Nineveh. Um, Nineveh was the capital, uh, it was the Assyrian capital. We'll look at a little bit more of the history of that uh, over the next couple of weeks. But uh, the Assyrians were the original terrorists. Uh, they were some very bad people. In fact, when you look at terrorism today, it was invented by the guys that Jonah doesn't want to go see. So when you start thinking of Islamic terrorism, it has its roots right here uh, in uh, the Assyrian capital. And God says, this is what I want you to do, Jonah. I want you to go to Assyria. I want you to go straight to the chief of the Assyrians right there in Nineveh. You're going to the top. You're going to the king. And this is what you're going to say. 
You're going to tell him to repent. What's Jonah say? I ain't going. You can't make me. In fact, I'm getting on a boat and I'm getting out of here. I'm not going to do that kind of work. These people are wicked. They are evil. I don't want anything to do with this kind of people. These are some bad, bad people. They hate the Jews. They want to kill us all. They're anti-Semitic. They're bad people. You look at today, there's a lot of bad people out there. What are we supposed to do? Well, let's keep working through this. But let's work through this with a little bit of anti-Semitism, right? Check out this article. This is Kanye West. Uh, Twitter, Instagram suspend uh, Kanye West after anti-Semitic posts DEFCON 3 on Jewish people. Wow. I mean, did you see that coming from Kanye West? I didn't. But there it is. Check out this. Tremendous anxiety. This is CBN News. In the Jewish community, U.S. Jews targeted, get this, by anti-Semitic mapping project. I'm going to show you this. This is, look at that map. That, folks, is the mapping project. It's a, um, you, you can Google it and find it on their interactive website. In fact, that picture that you see right there on your screen night, right now, that is the picture that I took from their screen about an hour ago. Uh, just coming out here. I wanted you guys to see this. Listen to this. Jews in the U.S. are becoming more concerned for their safety and for good reason. In addition to growing violence, a new way of targeting them is underway. You guys can keep that map up there a little bit longer. Um, creators of the mapping project have developed an interactive website that seeks to expose those who support the colonization of Palestine, get this, by revealing the names and addresses of close to 500 organizations and individuals in Massachusetts, many who are Jewish. So what you are seeing there on that map is just that. The names and addresses of people who believe that the Jews have a right to the land, who believe in Zionism. That's what it is, whether it be Jew or someone like me, someone like us, I'm guessing if you're watching this, the majority of people are pro-Israel and understand that God has a covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Um, and it's a forever covenant. But that's a map, has their addresses. That's nuts. Rob Lykin, the regional director for the American Jewish Communities, AJC in New England, is listed and he's sounding the alarm alongside a host of other Jewish advocates and community and regional leaders in the Boston area. Uh, so there you have it. Now, you know, you look at this and you think, all right, um, so is this really real? It absolutely is real. Folks, you can check it out for yourself. That's exactly what I did. Okay, so Jonah, you, you look at anti-Semitism today, you take the book of Jonah, and you go, okay, why, um, Jonah doesn't, Jonah doesn't want, listen, these Assyrians hate the Jews, they hate it, they, they just slaughter people. They did evil things. They would put rings and noses. They'd cut off limbs. Uh, they cut off. They cut off noses. Cut off lips. They would take the skin of people, peel it off while they're alive, and make lampshades. And that's what they're going to do to these Jews. And God says, "I want you to go to them." Okay. So you look at Yuval Noah Harari. You look at the Biden administration. You look at Gavin Newsom. You look at. Um, you look at Klaus Schwab, you look at Bill Gates, you look at Henry Kissinger. You start, I mean, the list just goes on and on and on and on and on. You look at these people who are, who are teaching very evil things to our children. What do you do? Do you, t do, do you do, I mean, I want to escape. That's what I want to do. 
But Jonah wanted to escape, so he tried to escape. It didn't work out for him. Uh, Jonah's told, this is what you're supposed to do. This is what I want you to do. I want you to go tell the Assyrians, as wicked as they are, that these people, that they need to repent. Now, later on in Jonah, we're not going to see it tonight. Uh, later on in Jonah, we find out Jonah didn't want to do it. You want to know why? Because he knew God was merciful and just. And he was very concerned that the people were going to repent and God was going to forgive them. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, listen, so Jonah, he gets on a boat. He, he's thinking he's going out to a place called Tarshish. He's thrown over uh, the boat. The sea calms down. We're going to see next week he gets swallowed by a fish. And, and many people say, well, this whole story just isn't true. Um, come on, it, it just sounds like a giant fish story. But it goes right on through this process as you look at what happens. And it does happen that the people of Nineveh do repent from the top all the way down to the bottom. And you also find out when you get to the end of Jonah, God cares about the people at the top. He cares about little children. He even cares about the animals that are in, uh, in Nineveh, in Assyria. And you think, that doesn't say that in the Bible. It sure does. When you get to the end of Jonah, God even says, I, I care about the little kids and I even care uh, uh, about the cattle. There's much cattle there. Jonah, you don't, care, you don't care about anybody. Here's the thing. God knows that judgment, eternal judgment, is far, far, far worse than anything that anybody could possibly experience. God's desire is that none should perish. So as wicked as there are with a whole lot of people that are out there, and we can see the direction that things are going, right? Um, God's desire is that none should perish. This is why... He, we, we learn about his patience. You, you read First um, Peter, and you find out. What's the Bible teach us? In First uh, Peter, it's Second Peter. Second Peter chapter 3. A day is as a thousand years, a thousand years is as a day. God's desire is that none should perish. And then he goes on to say, however, the end is coming, and all these things are going to be burned up. Therefore, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? These things ought, to, because you and I, we, we get Bible prophecy, at least to some extent, right? Some of you are probably newer to it than others. Uh, it's understanding what's God, what is God's heart in the whole matter. It's still ministering uh, to others. But does God tell us there comes a time? No, it's all over. And we don't pray. We actually don't even pray for them anymore. Yes, there is. I'm going to show you that. We just got a few more minutes here. And I'm going to show you that before we get to the end. But... Uh, the book of Jonah is one of the most attacked books in all of the Bible, uh, but it is a real book. Uh, we have a reference here, for example, 2 Kings chapter 14. Remember, I told you to remember in the, in the beginning, chapter 1, that Jonah is the son of Amittai. Well, look at this, 2 Kings chapter 14. Uh, this is at the time of Jeroboam. Jeroboam restored the territory of Israel from the entrance of Hamath to the Sea of Arabah. Jeroboam, by the way, is a bad king. Uh, Arabah, excuse me, according to the word of the Lord God of Israel, uh, which he had spoken through his servant Jonah, the son of Amittai, the prophet who was uh, from Gath Hefer. So Gath Hefer was in the Galilee region, just a few miles north of Nazareth. So there it is, 2 Kings, Jonah, the son of Amittai, really was a prophet during the days of uh, Jeroboam. And then we have this here. Um, also, Jesus confirming uh, that Jonah is real. Jesus answered and he said to them, 
An evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign, and no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So Jesus confirms that Jonah was real, that he really was in the belly of a fish, and then he continues and he says, verse, uh, continuing, the men of Nineveh, verse 41, will rise up in the judgment with this generation and condemn it because the men of Nineveh repented at the preaching of Jonah and indeed a greater than Jonah is here. Jesus was referring to himself. Um, this book of Jonah is really phenomenal from the standpoint of mercy and grace in understanding that God pours out his, uh, his mercy and grace upon us. Um, he's got a second chances. I mean, if he would... He saves Jonah. He, he uh, saves the people of Nineveh, these people who were very wicked people. All right, we're going to go through a few more things. Then I'm going to show you that the Bible really does tell us there comes a time when we don't pray. Uh, but let me show you this, all right? So Jonah lived and prophesied uh, during uh, the years of the reign of King Jeroboam II. These are a few of the facts. I'll go through these pretty quick. Uh, King Jeroboam II reigned for 40 years from 793 B.C. to 753 B.C. Uh, Jonah was a contemporary of Hosea and Amos in the northern kingdom of Israel. During his lifetime, Isaiah and Micah also prophesied in the southern kingdom of Judah. Uh, continuing from there, uh, uh, Jonah is different in that his prophecy has nothing to do with Israel, but the foreign people of Assyria and their king. Uh, continuing from there, uh, the Assyrian, a capital of Nineveh, was a very large city, perhaps the largest city of its day, with a population of one million people, uh, possibly even more people than that. Uh, the Assyrians uh, were uh, extremely wicked, uh, and they perfected terrorism. I already mentioned that about terrorism. Uh, they are the original terrorists. So again, uh, when you think of terrorism today, it's to instill fear. So as the Assyrians would, were known to cut off noses and cut off limbs and just destroy people and it, really horrible things, just take babies out of mother's wombs. It was just the fear that that might happen that would cause people to just surrender and say whatever you want to do. So when you look at terrorism in today's society, what happens? We have a whole bunch of people in the Western world that are willing to surrender their freedoms over terrorism. Oh, well, just protect us, just protect us, okay? And then surrender their freedoms over a, a virus, too. And so you look at how these things operate and how it manipulates the masses, the Assyrians, uh, we're able to perfect that. By the way, I'm going to get through a little bit more of this. And then I have a guest that's going to be joining me. Pete Garcia is going to be joining me uh, live. Uh, he's going to be joining me on the app. So download the app if you haven't already. It is on Roku, and we're also on Apple TV. Uh, but we're going to get into some areas that we're very concerned about that are going to be censored. Um, and uh, But Pete Garcia is going to be joining me. Uh, tonight, I can't, I, I'm not going to do this every Sunday night. Well, unless I have to. If I have to, I have to. Um, but um, just got to talk about stuff. Okay, let's continue from there. 
As wicked as the Assyrians were, it's no wonder that Jonah doesn't want to tell them to repent uh, because he's really afraid that God will, uh, God will grant them mercy. Uh, God, uh, Jonah just prefers that God turns them all into toast. Just, just smoke them all, Lord. <laughs> like, like uh, wasn't James and John the sons of thunder, the two brothers in the New Testament? What do you want? Lord, do uh, you want us to call down fire from heaven just to smoke all those people that don't agree with us? Yeah, we can get that way. Uh, uh, next, just a few more things here. The Assyrians experienced a plague in 765 BC, a solar eclipse in 763 BC, and a second plague in 759 BC. Um, it's quite possible that uh, these events would have been seen as a divine judgment from the Assyrians. Uh, remember, they're pagans, so they had all these different gods. So when these things were happening, they were crying out to their gods, and their gods couldn't save them from the, the plague and the solar eclipse, and then the second plague uh, in the, just the, the 10 years leading up to the time of Jonah. It's quite probable, because this is what God does. He uses the difficulties of our life to prepare us to receive him. So God prob that's probably exactly what was going on, why, why God sent the plague, and then the solar eclipse, and then the other plague, uh, because he knew Jonah was going to be coming at this particular time. So Jonah likely fulfilled the prophecies uh, of this book when he was old, uh, when he was an old man, uh, shortly before the end of the reign of King Ber Jeroboam II in 753 B. See, so these are some of the historical things from the background of the book of Jonah. Uh, but um, Jonah is, tells the story of bad people, right? And there are some bad people right now. Okay, three things I'm going to give you. Number one is this, um, when it comes to uh, what we should be doing for, uh, for leaders, all right? Or people in our community, whatever it is. Listen, all of, I, I get so angry. I get so angry at stuff. But look at this. Uh, number one, if you like what people are doing, then don't pray for their repentance. Right? There's real simple things. When to pray. When to pray for somebody. If you like what people are doing, well, then don't pray for their repentance. If, if, if you're out there and you think pedophilia is great, which is totally disgusting, then don't pray for their repentance. I mean, if you think pedophilia is great, you need to pray for your own repentance is what you need to do. Number two, uh, ready? If you don't like what people are doing, then pray for their repentance. Uh, the, going back to the letter of John MacArthur, uh, brought it up in the beginning, right? What's he do? He writes a letter to Governor Grusom here in California saying, hey, Newsom, you need to repent. And he, it's a fantastic letter. You can find it online. He just spelled out all of the different things. I'm pretty sure that Newsom and his people, they laughed at that. Um, but you want to know something? I'm thinking, I would have thought that with Jonah going to the Assyrians, they're just going to laugh. Jonah was afraid that God would actually bring him to a place of repentance. That's why he didn't want to go. That's a really remarkable thing. But at, at, uh, you look at this and you think... Um, if you don't like what somebody is doing, I don't like what somebody is doing, you know what? We need to pray for them. Whether it be leaders, people in our school district, um, politicians, which there's a whole lot of them. Okay, very last thing, and then we're gonna switch over to the app. Are you ready for this? Here you go. Ready, number three, 
pray until you're so certain that God has told you not to. Does God ever tell us not to pray? Well, check this out. You ready? I'm going to give you three different places in the book of Jeremiah. Three different places in the book of Jeremiah. Uh, here's one of them. Jeremiah chapter 7. Uh, Jeremiah, okay, Jeremiah, he's uh, in Jerusalem. The Babylonians, who were as bad as the Assyrians, right? The Assyrian judgment to the northern kingdom came, what, I think it was about 150 years before the Babylonian kingdom came to the southern part, maybe 120 years. Can't remember the exact timing on it. Um, so Jeremiah is prophesying he's in the southern kingdom of Judah. He's right there in Jerusalem, the city of David. Babylonians are coming. He says, hey, destruction is coming. And he's telling the, the Jewish leaders, you guys need to repent. They had all kinds of false prophets. So, uh, they had uh, the king was bad. The people in the king's court were bad. So all of the politicians were bad. The judges were bad. Uh, there were some good people there. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Daniel, and others got carted off to Babylon. So they were people who loved God. There were some. But the majority of it was just corrupt, like the United States of America, like what we see going on in Europe and so forth. So the majority of it was bad, and the, uh, and the majority of the religious people, they were false prophets. They were liars. Uh, in fact, Jeremiah calls them out. You just say, peace and safety, peace and safety. Everything's going to be just fine. Don't listen to Jeremiah the prophet. We hear that same thing coming from many, 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 many Protestant religious leaders right now. It's absolutely disgusting. Things are not okay, and there's some very bad people. This is what happens, Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 14, says this, excuse me, uh, verse 15. God says to Jeremiah, came to a point, do not pray for this people, nor lift up a cry or prayer for them, nor make intercession to me, for I will not hear you. Do you not see what they are doing in the cities of Judah and the streets of Jerusalem? It was absolutely disgusting. He goes on, talks about the murders and the, the, the idol worship. Doesn't stop there. Jeremiah chapter 11, Israel broke their covenant. Verse 14, do not pray for this people or lift up a cry or prayer for them, for I will not hear them in the time that they cry out to me because of their trouble. Wow. What has my beloved to do in my house, having done lewd deeds with many, and the holy flesh has passed from you? When you do evil, then you rejoice. Wow. You do evil, then you rejoice. You want to know what else uh, Jeremiah talks about? He talks about the time when... I believe it's in chapter 7 or 8 of Jeremiah. He says, you do these evil deeds and there's no shame anymore. Shame has passed. Folks, shame has passed in America. Even in the church, the church says it's okay. We have churches teaching abortion is okay. Transgenderism is okay. Jeremiah chapter 14, verse 11. Then the Lord said to me, do not pray for this people do not pray for their good. There comes a time when God says, it's over. And judgment came, they, the, the people wouldn't repent, the leaders wouldn't repent, the politicians wouldn't repent, the le religious leaders had gone corrupt. They were no longer, uh, they no longer saw shame in homosexuality. They didn't say, see shame in child sacrifice. They, they didn't see uh, uh, shame in any of these things. And God says, they've crossed the line. 
do not pray. So, number one, two, and three, if you like what people are doing, then don't pray for their repentance. If you don't like what they are doing, then pray for their repentance, and pray until you are certain that God has told you not to pray for them. And you know what? I'm not the one to call out who, when God has told you not to pray for somebody, but there's a few po people that have told me, God's brought them to that point where uh, they believe God has told them that it, he doesn't want them praying for them anymore. I don't know. That's between you and the Lord. Jeremiah got to that point. He certainly heard those things. Okay, this is what we're going to do right now. Uh, we got to go over to, the, we're going to go over to the app. I'm going to take all your questions there. Remember, all right, so switch over to the app if you're not already on the app. It's also on Roku and it's also on uh, the Apple TV. And we're getting more venues in the very near future. And by the way, I get asked this question last week. Yes, it will be on your desktop or, or your laptop. Just give us a couple more weeks. We have our brand new website that's being built that's actually going to match. They're going to mirror, uh, mirror the app. So yeah, you'll be able to watch it right there from your laptop or your, or your uh, um, desktop, whatever it is. Um, so it's going to be good. My goal, our goal here is to get as many people on that as possible because as censorship increases, it gives us another avenue to still be able to reach you. We like to think we learned our lesson from the last couple of years of the Balagon that we've been through. Listen, it's difficult. It's a whole lot of work. Um, I've got great volunteers behind it and a couple of people that get paid very little money to help me out here. It's, it's a lot of work and it's, in a, uh, and, it's, and it's awesome and it costs, it does cost money. Appreciate uh, any donations. It's all, really the only, actually is the only way we survive is uh, whatever comes in. We're not supported by the church. We're not supported by any church. Um, it's just you guys. And, and I, I want to thank you guys so much because we could not... Uh, do this without you guys, and I really appreciate that. So uh, head on over to the app, and uh, P. Garcia, he's coming to join me right now, and I don't know what we're going to talk about, but I promise you it's going to be rather exciting. So uh, head on over to the app. God bless you guys. If you can't make it, it will be on your laptop and desktop just a couple more weeks, but try to get Roku if you can do that right now. Okay, see you over at the app. Thanks for listening and being a part of this week's podcast. Before you go, I'd like to invite you to visit our website, hopeforourtimes.com, and check out the many resources we have to offer. On our website, we have books, DVDs, and daily news articles that will always keep you up to date on the times we're living in. If you'd like to see the video version of this week's podcast, you can find us at Hope For Our Times on YouTube. God bless, and we'll talk to you next time.